The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can with Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be and give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to hear what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. Now, here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. This segment of Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio, sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at keystoriches.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Player, player. Player. Player, player. That's me. New Yorker from Arizona. Player. <laughs> Welcome to the Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonalls. I am also flanked, why thank you, by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we are going to help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. So uh, it's a new year. It is a new year. And we want to talk about new things, and there's nothing better that I think of that we could talk about than, say, earnings, right? Making money. Making money. So our moolah word of the day has to do with making money. Uh, this week's key, what do we got going on? Um, take action and make assessment. That's it. Key two from our Keys to Riches financial philosophy. And uh, our money drama. What's our money drama? Well... I wonder if we can make a, a money drama out of the key. Take action and make assessment. Well, most people say they want to get their money done, but then they don't right. take action. They still avoid it because it's going to require some adjustment. But what's different about the way we do money management is because of our biology-based approach. Uh, so, uh, th- so that's what we're going to talk about on this week's show. The avoidance factor is going to be what our money drama is going to be about. I thought I got scammed just there. Uh-oh. Did you get an no. email update on a scam? It, 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 I thought it was, but it wasn't. Uh, we just did it, by the way, our sister show, or our parent show, if you will, UnlockYourWealthRadio.com, and our Unlock Your Wealth Radio show, we just did a phenomenal show on the top scams of 2016 mm-hmm. um, that you want to catch on Friday, and uh, we're also going to tell you what you need to be looking out for for 2017 with regard to changes at the FTC. So if, you have, if you're listening to this show at KeysToRiches.com, be sure to surf over to UnlockYourWealthRadio.com. And check out that show on Friday because that will have lots of value for you in the frauds and scams department. And as always, if you want to protect yourself against frauds and scams, you should visit our website at moneycreditandyou.com where we have up-to-the-minute news alerts and scam alerts that help you manage your money more effectively and avoid identity theft, frauds, and scams. You can also sign up for my free book there 
is, or well, the book isn't free, but you can get a discount there. Right. You can sign up for my book. Yeah. You can get a free report on uh, the top uh, frauds and scams of 2016 and what to look out for. Uh, but anyway, uh, so moving right along, how yeah. about we address our moolah? You got a moolah we have a moolah word of the day. And it's a good moolah word. It's one that I like because it has to do with money. And that would be earnings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to expenditures, yeah. the other E word. Yeah. Earnings is always a good E word. So earnings in the academic sense, in the accounting sense, for the purposes of tracking, if you will, earnings are revenues minus cost of sales, minus operating expenses, and minus taxes over a specific period of time. So monthly, quarterly, weekly, annually, whatever it might be. Earnings are the reason corporations exist and are often the single most important determinant of a stock's price. Earnings are important to investors because they give an indication of the company's expected future dividends, which is the payment for the investment, and its potential for growth and capital appreciation. That does not necessarily mean that low or negative earnings always indicate a bad stock. For example, many young companies report negative earnings as they attempt to grow quickly enough to capture a new market, at which point they would be even more profitable than they otherwise might have been if they grew slower. So sometimes... You know, your expansion can swallow up profit and you can kind of run in the red. Mm -hmm. But once those initial capital expenditures are overcome and you are actually producing. So think of like a chain of restaurants like or retail locations. So there's a cost to building those out. Got to decorate them. Got to buy and, you know, inventory or raw goods and services in uh, in the sense of like, like a service or into business, like a like a restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever, you have to buy the raw goods in order yeah. to make to produce Big what it is. You have to buy, you know, and it requires employment. There's labor costs and stuff like that. And so initially, when you expand, especially if you're trying to capture a new market, be speed to market is everything. When my husband always says, and so when when you do that, you're going to have costs before you have profit to replace right. those expenditures. So you'll have earnings, but they'll be lower than your outgo. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It just means that in this moment in time, it's a snapshot of this moment in time and it helps you make determinations. So earnings may be off, but that doesn't mean that the future expectation of growth or profit is is off. It just means that right now we didn't make as much as we spent. But because we made that capital investment right now and expanded... Now we're going to have an exponentially higher earnings the next quarter or the next period of reporting because now those will be open and profitable. They'll be making money. They'll be generating revenue. Negative numbers aren't always a bad thing. You got to read into it and kind of look behind what that means. Uh, So that's our moolah word of the day. Uh, Moving right along to our keys to riches. Thank you so much for stopping by. If it's the first time you are joining us, welcome. We are so glad to have you here at Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I created this fabulous program to help my borrowers. It kind of just came about. I was also participating on another radio program uh, many moons ago. Um, So now we're in 2017. So that would be, well... 17 years ago. 
Long time. I know. Isn't that crazy? The turn of the century. Yeah. It was so, what a crazy time. And I was just a sidekick on somebody else's show. I mean, who knew that it would grow to what it has? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very exciting. It's very humbling. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very confidence building in the sense that my hunches, I was on the right track. Right. With with the information that I was using to help folks, and the way they came about is because I was I was observing behaviors that were atypical for the situation, and and so I'd have people with double six figure incomes, no kids, not able to qualify for entry level housing, yet I could have two blue collar workers, or one blue collar worker and one stay at home parent that not only could afford a primary residence, but had a second home and a litany of investment properties. And they were never college educated. They never made more than five figures in any given year. Yeah. But they were different. Something was different. And so that caused me to explore. And that's what gave way to the keys to riches. And it has evolved over time. And now it is the premier. And as far as I know, the only biology-based money management system out there. Because what I found out through all my research was that it's not that we don't know enough. Knowledge is superfluous without application. We already know to spend less and save more, but we don't. And the question becomes, right. why? Why is that? Yeah. Why is that? And so uh, if you'd like to know the methodology uh, and kind of the simple breakdown of the science behind what we do uh, that makes this a biology-based money management show, you should listen to our bonus episode that we had in uh, last year. Uh, because it was a leap year, we had an extra show. And uh, so we went through my three amigos model of information processing, and that'll kind of give you the foundation for why these keys work the way they do. But simply the key 14, right? That was show 14 because we typically have 13 shows in a season, but we had 14 last season. So that's season 29, correct? Because we're in 30. Mm hmm. Lean and mean in 2017. Right. That's us. So so the Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time, one week at a time here at Keys to Riches Radio. And this week's key is a critical piece of the puzzle because we're not looking for what everybody else looks for. When you go to a budgeting service or a money management place or one of those debt elimination or a bankruptcy attorney, whenever you go for consulting, they ask you to bring like your last couple of months or last three months worth of bank statements. They ask you to bring any credit card statements that you have. They also ask for taxes or things like that. And what they're looking for is how much you're spending, what's going out and what's coming in. And they're going to make their financial recommendations based on that information. But what we know here at the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation is that doesn't work. Short term, perhaps. Long term, not even close. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's not about how much. And, and it's not about not knowing what to do because you already know to spend less and save more. Um, if we can just accept that as a foundation for a conversation, then you're going to get further ahead than anybody else in life when it comes to successful money management. You already know what to do, 
but you don't do it. And the question becomes why? And the why has everything to do with this week's key. No fun. Fun is part of it. Yeah. Fun is definitely part of it. But there's a bigger reason behind it, and it has to do with our seventh key, which is break the budget and the way our brain processes information. You are listening to the Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your by, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Uh, this segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Keys to Riches Radio listeners by visiting by visiting visiting our website. <laughs> Elma Fudd says, "Visit our website." <laughs> at uh, keystoriches.com forward slash keep my ID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So one of the keys that we are working up to is our seventh key, which is break the budget because budgeting like dieting is bad. And instead of budgeting or dieting, we want to get to a healthy savings and spending plan. And it starts with the savings S word first for a particular reason. And you'll understand that once we get there. But this key is the critical piece into making that work. And the reason why has to do with the way we process information. And if you refer back to our bonus show from last season, you'll understand the way the three amigos work and the way we process information. We instinctively react, then we emotionally respond from a previous memory. And then and only then can we reason or use logic after the fact and likely we're not using our reason or logic objectively. We're using it based on the colorings of our past experiences, meaning our memories, or our current emotions that we're holding about a particular topic. So it's very, very difficult to be unbiased. And looking at the numbers, when you're looking at numbers on the piece of paper, it can be overwhelming, but there's no sense of what went on. And without letting the cat out of the bag too much, because I don't want to color or jade your ability to be successful at this, I'm just going to tell you we're not looking for how much. But it's critical that you follow these steps for this week's key specifically so you can be successful at breaking your budget and creating a healthy savings and spending plan instead. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go green. And what I mean by that, think of when you hear of going green, you think of organic, you think of uh, natural, that sort of stuff. The reason why we don't spend less and save more is because we're allowing interference to occur between the impulse stimulus and our response. And likely it's not a response. It's a pre-programmed reaction to what's going on in our environment. And that's how we make the mistakes. So let me give you the instructions before I go too far into this and I start making your brain be aware of things it shouldn't be aware of. All you're going to do to do an organic assessment is follow these specific rules. So you want to get a big manila envelope, 9 by 12 um, is sufficient, something bigger than a sheet of paper, because you want to be able to stick things in this envelope. And for the next six weeks, until we get to our break the budget key, all you are going to do is stick your pay stubs, your receipts, your statements 
anything transactionally relating to money, either it coming in or going out, you're going to put in this envelope. If you do not have a receipt, for example, if your soda machine at work does not generate a receipt, you need to hand write that receipt. If you drop in and pay cash for a pack of smokes, get a receipt. If you give your child an allowance, you need to create a receipt. How much you gave and on what day and specifically what for, regular allowance or a specific purchase. It's critical that we delineate what these expenditures are for because you'll need those when you categorize them. But do not do that. All your only job right now, because we don't want to alert the part of our brain, that reticular activating system that pays attention to things that are different in our environment. We just want to keep on keeping on. We just want to do what we've always done because if we alter our behavior in any way other than just compiling these receipts in one specific location, we're going to alter our behaviors. And what we're doing with this organic assessment is actually assessing behavior, not finance. Mm -hmm. There's a whole new category of financial assessment out there now, and it's called behavioral finance or behavioral economics. And people are slowly coming around to my way of thinking that, oh, we aren't logical creatures. We are emotional creatures that use reason and logic after the fact. I'll remember so clearly, I went in to do a sales training presentation at a car dealership way back in the day when I used to do sales training. And I was teaching them about this new product, this new finance product. So I'd have to go in and train all of these, you know, car salesmen on how to upsell clients into financing versus paying cash for their vehicles. And I'll always remember this big, you know, like how you can print out banners that are like several feet long. Uh So on their wall above like the chalkboards and the, the, you know, back then it was chalkboards. There weren't whiteboards. Yeah, yeah. So above the chalkboards in this big banner that stretched across the whole thing, it says, People buy on emotion and use reason and logic to justify the purchase after the fact. So unless you get an engineer or an architect or a computer programmer in your sites as a salesperson, the last thing you want to do is use reason and logic. You want to sell them on their emotions because what happens if I catch you there at the emotional phase and and we refer back to the three amigos and our three layers of how they work. If I can stop the elevator, if I can pull the emergency stop on that floor, on the second floor where we're dealing with emotions and memories. Yeah then we don't even get to be logic or reasonable. And the finance part of it becomes irrelevant. Who cares if that Corvette is $75,000? And, 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 and the, the car payment is more than your mortgage payment. That's not relevant. And that's not why you're buying it. You're buying it because it's going to make you look cool. 
it's going to get you more chicks. It'll spice up your marriage. It'll increase your prowess. Whatever it is, whatever's important to that particular customer is what you're going to sell them on, why they need this. Yeah. Um, and, and they're going to do it one of two ways, like we always talk about towards and away from values. They're going to sell you on the pleasure it'll bring. Or if you're not motivated by that carrot on the stick, if you're more motivated away from the pain, it's going to change and it's going to take you out of the misery you're currently in. (laughs) This Corvette is going to be your savior. Or insert favorite sports car here. It could be, you know, a BMW. It could be, you know, Maserati, Ferrari, whatever, whatever it is that floats your boat. Insert car here. (laughs) And that's how they're going to sell you. They're not going to let you get to that logic phase because if you start thinking about it, all right, $75,000 times 60 payments at, you know, 12%, 16% interest, all of a sudden is not so appealing. So they don't want you there. Yeah. They want you in, oh my God, I'm going to look cool. I'm going to get more chicks. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have better sex. My relationships are going to improve. <laughs> my neighbors will think I'm cool. My status will go up, yep. you know, all, those things. all of those things. So, so that's why, you know, that's what they, they, they want you to key into. And, and that's exactly what's going on. And so we don't want to raise that reticular activating system where something new pops up. This mere, if you've never saved a single receipt in your life, you are going to be more cognizant of your expenditures, but fortunately, you're not going to be able to do any damage and affect the organic nature of this assessment because we're looking for something other than how much. But if you want to focus in on the how much, that's fine. But keep on, keep keeping on. Do not make decisions. Do not evaluate should I or shouldn't I on a purchase. If you were going to make it anyway, make that purchase because it's going to give us information. And the reason why we have to do six weeks is because we behave differently at the beginning of the month versus the end of the month. And we behave differently at the beginning of the paycheck versus the end of the paycheck. I mean, think about how much you starve if I don't send you my check on time. Yeah. <laughs> but think about how like I'm in the money. I'm buying drinks or oh, yeah. rounds or, uh, hey, dinner's on me. No like once you get paid. Even, even if you've got plenty of money. It's just, yeah, exactly. And the same thing happens. Yeah, so it, it doesn't matter how, like the how much doesn't is the matter. most irrelevant part of our discussions right. when it comes to effective money management. Because if you think about it, in my private coaching practice, you know, I'm dealing with celebrities, professional athletes, musicians. I'm dealing with the cream of the crop, the elite of the elite. And, and, and people are listening and they're like, what? You know, Willie Nelson filed bankruptcy. Yeah. You know, exactly. 50 cent doesn't have 50 cents, you know? So, and it's because it's not, it's never about how much. It's never about how much. And so in order for us to figure it out, to get where we want to go, we have to understand the underlying dynamics. And if we are cognizant, if we are consciously writing down all of our expenditures, it's going to make us aware of things and we might rein it in for a while and we might alter the behavior. But at some point, the behavior is going to be strong. Because why? Let's talk about why. Willpower and discipline are conscious activities, but behavior 
is subconscious because behavior is something that's predictable and reinforced over time. That's the only way something becomes a behavior or a habit. It's because it's been done over and over enough. Um, Until then, it's just an activity. Yeah. Okay. Until we get it patterned in. And behavior is autopilot. And discipline dissipates, willpower wanes. And so while paying attention to how much is coming in and going out um, may temporarily make you aware of what you're spending and you might rein it in, you won't be able to overcome the predispositions that you have ingrained in these behaviors. And we need to figure out what these are because if I asked you about them, you wouldn't be able to tell me what they were. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Because because you can't put a finger on it because you don't even realize it because it happens right. on autopilot. You may not even know how a particular behavior started. But once we get to the assessment phase in key seven, we'll be able to map all of that out. And we'll be able to shake the trees and the important things will fall out. So, so as we recap what it is that we need to be doing, we need to be getting an envelope, a big manila envelope. We need to be stuffing it with receipts Every expenditure we make, if you make trips to the soda machine, if you make trips to the honor system candy box at work, put the money in, don't rip off the city or the company or whatever, your boss, whoever put that in there or the charity that that it's, you know, if it's a diet issue, stop eating the candy, but (laughs) don't be stealing the candy. But if you do drop your two quarters in for your candy, or however much it is, you know, I don't even have that stuff because in our office, because, well, if we want something, we just buy it <laughs> for ourselves. Um, but uh, so you need to mark it down on a note paper what it is, how much you spent, the date, the time, and what you bought. Two candy bars, one dollar, yeah, whatever it is, and just stick it in the envelope and forget it. The key is to forget the receipts that you're collecting. Keep on keeping on. It's called status quo. And and a lot of people, what's interesting is when people finally decide and do the key one, acceptance and affirmation, they decide they're ready to go. It's like when they go to a motivational seminar. They get all wound up and excited and they're ready to make a change and they want it instant, immediate, huge, big impact. But what happens with that? It's just like windfalls. You get this big chunk of money, and before you know it, you spend it all. Right. So that that's what happens with the motivational seminars. You get this huge high, like you're ready to take action and start at 10 things at once and not even two stick. Right. And so we're not going to do that. We're going to use our nudge philosophy or the nudge principle, if you will. And this simply is you would never let somebody deliberately knock you off track, but you can be nudged in the wrong direction. And think about that for a moment. So like if you and your friend were walking down the street together and you're on a sidewalk and on the other side of your friend is the street, the edge of the curb falling off to the street. And then on the other side of you, it's a building along this sidewalk. So it's narrow. Yeah. Okay, you got a building. And so if you're walking and somebody bumps your friend and knocks you into the wall, you're going to correct yourself. You're going to stop yourself from hitting the wall because you're feeling the bump. You're going to absorb the shock. You know what's going on. But what if you and your friend are just walking down the sidewalk and then they slowly get closer to you? But it's 
imperceptible, but kind of there. So subconsciously, you're just going to scoot over a little bit. You're going to scoot over a little bit. And before you know it, your brand new jacket has a ton of burrs in it because the stucco from the wall has been grabbing little hairs on little yeah. hairs of the fabric on it. And you've shredded the sleeve of your jacket <laughs> and you didn't even know it because you got nudged into the wall slowly, imperceptibly yeah. on a subconscious level. You got nudged into the wall and you just shredded your jacket sleeve now. Uh, and so you got knocked off track, but not deliberately. You just got nudged in the wrong direction. And before you know it, your sleeve's ruined. Yeah. Okay. But this happens to us in life. So if it works for the negative things in lives, why can't we use, like, that's one of the things that I, that I, that I found so much value in all of the sales training techniques I have, all of these principles used to guide people to make decisions and not necessarily for their own benefit why can't we use those to help us save and invest and build wealth just mm-hmm. as it is to lose wealth, to, to alleviate people of wealth mm-hmm. through, through the, the, the selling techniques? And so, so I'm just reversing all of that stuff. But we're going to use the nudge principle here. And the, why that works? Because over time, it's more consistent and it builds the behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody shoves you, you're going to get right back. But if you get nudged, it's slow and imperceptible over time, and you've made a behavior change before you realize it's a problem. Yeah, it's just like you have you go out for drinks one night with buddies at the office, right? And it's just one drink, but then then you start going out two nights a week, then three, and before you know it, you're a raging alcoholic. Yep. But it happened on the nudge thing, so we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna make you a success addiction. <laughs> <laughs> if you will, with the same principles that, that take you down, we're going to build you up using the same principles. Cool. So that's it for this week's key. For our key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our website at keystoriches.com. And for the maestro of Bula, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhals. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhals and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2017 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.